Oh shit. Welcome to What the Fuck, my weekly podcast by me, of course, Whitney, where I'll be delving into my own What the Fuck stories and life lessons and sharing them with you, motherfuckers, for a little bit of everyday relief, raw and unfiltered. Let's not fuck around. Let's get into it. Yo, yo, yo. What is up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in and hanging around to my second episode. This one, I feel, is liquid gold. So that one was bad where I was with a narcissistic Uber driver for two years. Oh, it gets worse, people. It gets worse. One of my favorite Trinidad James songs, one of his lines goes, My side bitch, my main bitch, cause my main hoe ain't feeling me no more. I'm going to be talking to you about how I was a side bitch. Yeah, you didn't mishear that. I was a side bitch and I'm going to tell you guys all about it right now actually. So let's get started. Let me, I think the best way to start this is to give you guys a little bit of background A lot of people don't know. If you didn't know me 10, 15 years ago, then you probably wouldn't know this. But when I was about 19, I used to be over 200 kilos. That's like 440 pounds. I will will delve into that a little bit more in a future episode. But let's just say that, you know, at 19, at my prime age where I should have been, you know, looking my flyers, my fucking tits up in the air, perky as shit. I was the complete opposite. I was morbidly, severely, like, obese. So what happened was I had weight loss surgery when I was 20 years old, and I lost a huge amount of weight, like, ridiculous, like, 80 kilos. What's that, like, 200 pounds? It was fucking nuts. Everything that you think a girl would go through you know, have her first kiss, her first boyfriend, you know, date, like none of that shit I did in my teenage years. I was a really late bloomer. I was a virgin until I was 23 and I had very little experience with men, you know, all the way up until I had lost my virginity at 23 and that's a complete other story because that was disgusting. I just wanted to lose it at the time because I was sick of being the only virgin that I knew and I was 23 years old. I was like, now is the time to lose my virginity. Highly regret that decision because it was the worst sex of my life. Anyways, back to my original topic. I'm giving you this context because it gives you a very good idea of how I didn't, how I got into the situation without really seeing the signs. You know, I had never had male attention before. I was not used to being skinny and like being desired by men at 440 pounds. I don't fucking think so. So I moved to Melbourne when I was 25. And by this stage, I had still only slept with the very first guy that I had ever lost my virginity to when I was 23, when I forced myself to have sex. So I was so, I still hadn't had a boyfriend, had never like really dated anyone I had just been with this one guy who I'd been with like four times and he repulsed me so much that when he tried to kiss me like I would shudder 
So I just basically I'd had fuck all experience with men up to this point. So then I moved to Melbourne and then I meet this guy two weeks after and then all hell breaks loose for the next three years of my fucking life. Let's get into it. Okay, so where do I even fucking start with this? How was I out that night? I don't even fucking remember because I wouldn't have even known when the where the fuck I was. But oh, that's right. So my friends from New Zealand had come for the weekend and I didn't know. So we I was like, fuck it, let's go out. And I don't know where the fuck I was going because I'd only been living there for two weeks. But anyways, as you do in New Zealand, you go out and get turned. You want to get lit. Like lit. We are binge drinkers in New Zealand. I am serious. Anyways, that's another topic. Apologies, you'll notice that I start to deviate a lot, but I'll always come back and finish it off. So we're out getting turned. I was fucking wasted. You know, remember I have lost a significant amount of weight by this by this time after weight loss surgery. So I still was not really, I looked skinnier and I was like a size 16 in Australia. So that's like a size 12 in the US, which is small for me because I come from 440 pounds, motherfucker. Like be, be nice, be nice. And I'm feeling myself, but I'm still so not accustomed to like male attention. Like it's so foreign to me. Anyways, remember I told you in episode one that I am a lover of the chocolate so this guy approaches me outside and I'm actually on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. Why is this a common fucking theme actually? I just thought of this now because I met old douchebag that all went down in Fitzroy too. Ugh. Okay. So I'm on the corner of Johnston and Brunswick Street. Back then it was, oh, I can't remember what, you know, they used to do like salsa and shit there. And I meet this guy and he's just like, hey, baby, you know, you need a man like me who can handle you, you know, obviously alluding to like my bigger frame, even though I was a size 16, I was a fucking skinny as shit for me. And I was just like, okay, I honestly was so wasted. You know, when you give someone your number and you are so fucking wasted the night before that you don't even remember. And then you just wake up to that text the next day and you've got a text and I was like oh shit I completely forgot so I think we hooked up like as in like just kissed but nothing happened obviously he went with his he parted away he went with his friends I went back to the hotel with my mates that were here from New Zealand and then I woke up hung over shit didn't remember shit and then I was like he was like hey I recall it because it was the first time call having a man call me sunshine so he's like hey sunshine how's your night it was uh I'm so glad I met you that's how we met anyways so he was like super romantic like I don't even actually thinking back he probably wasn't fucking romantic at all it was just that like my bar was so low I'd never even been courted by a man at this stage that I didn't even know what the fuck that was I was just like wow this is amazing but it was really fucking bullshit so he starts texting me and he, I remember he comes to pick me up from my, I was staying with my friends at that point. I lived with them for six months when I first got here. And so he came to pick me up and we went and then we have sex 
in the back of his fucking van and looking back now I'm so horrified like I was you don't I don't think you understand how inexperienced I was like I didn't know what dating was what being courted was what being treated like a queen was from a man like I knew none of that shit so I just assumed that like that's what you do like and I know this is hard to believe because you're talking to a 25 year old but you're talking to a 25 year old with the fucking dating experience of an eight-year-old like none so he's basically I thought we we're going to go out for a coffee or go watch a movie and he's just like he's like you could see that he's DTF mate he's down to fuck like over the next month or so we, you know, meet up and he would say to me, oh, I do remember this, like in the van, he had a, you know, I saw the reflection. He called himself Rocco at the time. His That was not his fucking real name at all. That was like his name from years back. I saw a reflection in the, in the mirror of, I mean, sorry, in the window because it was nighttime and he had a young baby on it. And I was thinking, oh, I said, who's that baby? And he kind of was like, oh, shit, I just got sprung. He goes, oh, this is my baby. And I was like, a newborn. And I was like, oh. And that was the first lie he told me regarding it. So he said to me, oh, I said, oh, you've just had a baby? Because I knew, um, sorry, no, he did actually tell me that he had a baby, but I didn't know it was this young. And he goes, I said, oh, is that your baby? Like, still not registering a newborn baby. That clearly means that even if him and his ex are not together, that's a pretty short fucking window of time. But, you know, none of this shit's going through my head. Fucking none. He's like, yeah, this is my child. And I was like, he goes, oh, okay. I said, oh, okay. So what's that situation? And this is the first lie he said. He told me that him and his baby mama, they broke up when she got pregnant, but they're still living in the same house because he can't afford to pay two rents. Yet again, do we hear a common theme here, guys? Why did I not see red fucking flag? First lie. First big lie that I ignored. As opposed to with my Uber driver, this one was out of sheer naivety. Like I literally, it did not even cross my mind. Looking, this guy could be shady. Like, or that he, there would be something else other than what he's saying to me. Because not only did I not have experience with men at this time, I also had an amazing fucking father. I grew up in watching my parents and my dad be doting, honest, loyal. The thought of my father even said like, cheating is disgusting. You're not a fucking man if you're a cheater. So I just grew up almost like in this unrealistic bubble and expectation of men I just assumed that I could believe every man like I could my dad I assumed that every man was upstanding you know honorable and really you know took his words seriously I just I was so fucking naive I just can't believe it looking back now so so many red flags later on where I was like side bitch you a side bitch you a side bitch you a side bitch I just it just went not it just went fucking over my head that was the first one. 
he just we used to he was at uni at the time and would meet up everything was so much fun and exciting and I was in Melbourne by myself and I had this guy that would just give me this fucking look like of pure desire you know at the time I was thinking oh wow he really likes me he's got lots of feelings for me like oh my god he loves me so strongly I'm like, no, mate, he was looking at you like a fucking conquest, you dumb bitch. But yes, as I mentioned before, the benefit of hindsight. And so we spent quite a lot of time together, but here's the issue that I had. He was always unavailable in the weekends. He he said he used to work in a supermarket and then he was working part-time in a bank um, during the week. But so we ever, we only ever see each other in the weekdays. But the funny thing is, is that we were never official. Like it was one of those situationships, you know, where you're highly invested feelings wise, emotions wise, physically, but you never have that title on. And he used to play that shit. And I was just like, whoa, Nelly, for your first experience of men is this shit. Whitney Steele girl you set yourself up for a fucking disaster and that's exactly what happened there was just so many fucking lies like I think looking back I'm someone that's highly driven by adventure and boy did I get a motherfucking adventure with this one everything was like up and down like a roller coaster so we would and then he would disappear for a while then he'd come back and be like hey I miss you um Let's go have dinner and then we'd, we'd meet up for dinner and have drinks, get fucked up, go home and have hot sex. But looking back, there's just so many fucking lies. Like I think after about six months of us being on and off, on and off, but I was like totally in love with this guy, like totally. I'd been to his cousin's house, like I'd met his fucking family members I was just thinking like all this shit I just could not register that I ever would have been the side bit so there's just so many lies and I remember him going I never went to his house because of course he lived with his baby mama so we always used to meet in the city or in Richmond at his cousin's house whatever and would always you know hook up drink party together and I like met I met all these guys and I remember thinking He's just fucking weird. Like, something's off about this guy. So I was just like, fuck you. Don't speak to me again. And then I ended up moving to Richmond. This is how fucked my mentality was back then. Like, I moved to Richmond because I didn't know anywhere else in Melbourne at the time. And I was obviously trying to move to be closer to him. As the psycho girl thinking goes, that I was like, no, that's not about him. I'm not moving to Richmond to be close to him. Of course it fucking was. I knew Bayswater, which is like far east, bogan as fuck Melbourne, and Richmond, because they're the only two places that I used to be, either at home or with him in Richmond. So I moved there. And then by this time he was shady as fuck, he was just weird, wouldn't respond to my texts, sometimes his phone would be off. And then I had had one of my moments, one of many moments, I was like, fuck you, I'm out. And then I saw him, I was walking to the supermarket and I was walking home. And then I saw him and I was like, oh my God, because he'd obviously been at his cousin's house. And he said to me, oh, I'm going to Thailand next week. And I was like, with the family, I was like, is this a fucking joke? I said, what the fuck? If you're not with your baby mama, then why the fuck are you going to Thailand with her? Because she was Thai. 
Why the fuck are you going to Thailand with her and her kids? And he would just gaslight me. He would flip it around on me like and make me think I'm the fucking crazy one. He'd be like, is this a joke? I what? He goes, we can still do things as a family. He goes, I have to go. Otherwise, her mum and dad are going to take the kids away from me and blah, 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 blah. And every time that I would approach him about something that was just so off, he would flip it back on me. Complete gaslighting me. Complete narcissist. Complete fucking sociopath. Because he now fucking almost tried to kill his fucking wife. That's not even the worst thing. And for some reason, I just wanted to believe him so much. Even though I knew something's weird. He's He acts shady. He's off. He disappears. He comes back. It was, oh, it was just so fucking weird. This is this is how I really found out. There's some things you just can't ignore, right? So this is another example of even after this. And you're going to want to wring my neck. I know it. I want to wring my own neck. Believe me. There's another instance. This is about a year in now. Maybe even a year and a half. And he's at my house. And then he goes, he leaves the next day. And then I come home from work. And then there's this like cheap ass silver ring did you did you get that sly little dig that I just put in there cheap ass ring that's right and I pick it up and I just went oh I literally thought nothing of it because yet again I'm not used to a man fucking lying it's just just things that would register to normal people just did not register to me because I grew up in a bubble with my fucking perfect father so then he texts me and he said, hey, did you, can you look around the bed for a ring? Believe it or not, I swear I'm not lying. I still did not even register at that point that this ring meant he was married. It did not even cross my mind. Because in my mind, I'm thinking I've been with this guy basically on and off for a year how could you ever pull that off that you're actually married? Like, it was just unfucking fathomable to me. Well, I said, yeah, yeah. And then I sent him a picture. Is this it? And then the mic dropped. Like, probably half an hour later, I replied. I was like, are you fucking married? Tell me the fucking truth. And then he kind of didn't reply. And I almost felt like no reply means no. Like, I was just thinking the shame of realizing that you've been duped for this fucking long is worse than actually believing him. So I was just like out of sight, out of mind. Then my dumb ass is still around about three months later. This is when I could not avoid the situation I was in. I was head over heels in love with this man. Wanted to believe him. Completely inexperienced in terms of men. And I also, this is the other thing I forgot to add. From that first night that we had sex, he gave me not one, but two STIs. If this gives you an idea of, if this gives you a fucking idea of the kind of man I was fucking dealing with, yeah, so can you believe that? Not one, but two STIs on my second time ever having sex. Go figure. So I just want to 
clear that up for all you guys that think, ah, only slats, only hoes get STIs. Bullshit. That is not true. I got two STIs on the second time I'd ever fucked a man in my life. So go figure. So on top of that, this is what happened. This is when I could not avoid the situation I was in. I was friends with his cousin. His name was Jimmy. I was friends with his cousin on Facebook. And you know it pops up with the notifications of that it's someone's birthday. And I say, hey, Jimmy, happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. For some reason, my intuition said, go on his page the next day. I went back on the page and my comment was deleted. I was like, oh, hell to the fucking no. Bear in mind, Rocco had told me the whole time he doesn't have social media, right? So I'm right. My instincts kick in and I'm like, something's going on here. Why would you delete my comment if you didn't want anyone to fucking know about it? I go searching through his friends. Bam. What fucking comes up? A picture of Rocco, my ex, with his child, which by then's about three years old. And get this. Hold your fucking horses, people. A newborn fucking baby. I'd been on and off with this man for an, a year and a half. Like, and if we were ever apart, it was like a couple of weeks max. I, oh my God, I literally remember this feeling of discovering this at the time. My stomach, I wanted to literally vomit. And I was like crafting this message going, you fucking lying piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And then something caught my eye on the left side of the page. You know on the fa- on your Facebook profile where it says like where someone lives and where they're from? It says from Bangkok, Thailand. That's when it registered to me because I was writing this message on Facebook right going, you piece of shit, you fucking liar. You've even had another fucking baby, you disgusting ass. I clicked. It wasn't his profile. It was hers, the baby mama slash wife. It was her profile and I was literally about to hit send on a message that would oust him as being a cheating ass motherfucker. And then I, my heart sunk and I was like, oh my God, because this was a few days after Father's Day. So I clicked on why she had posted it because Father's Day, it was a Father's Day pick of, of um, him and their two kids. I fucking went nuts. And you've got to remember, this is my first love. I loved him so much. I love this guy so much. No matter how disgusting he was or what a fucking prick this man was, you just cannot help who you fucking fall in love with. And I fell in love with this ratty, raggedy ass piece of shit. That was the nail in the coffin. He had a newborn fucking baby and I found out on Facebook. That's when I realized this motherfucker ain't just living with his baby mama. They are 100% still together, still considered married to each other and they just dropped a new fucking baby. I just, it could not get any worse than that. Seriously, and the story, and I'm not proud of this, but... This was, I think this was actually a year and a half in. We didn't talk for nine months 
But this man had such a hold on me that even after nine months, he texted me and I would, and I remember being strong. I remember thinking, I'm going to meet up with this piece of shit and I'm going to tell him how it is. So we went to Federation Square, we had drinks and I said, how can you do this? How could you do this to me? You know that I'm... I'm not a hoe, I'm not a slut, you're the second man I've ever fucking slept with, you know I'm a good girl, why, how can you fucking go to sleep at night doing this shit, not just to me, but to your wife, and he goes, I'm not with her, you know, the usual same old shit, he goes, I'm just with her for the kids, but I don't want my kids to be taken off me, blah, blah, fuckity, blah, and then, you know, I'm standing my ground. He goes, I know you don't deserve this. She doesn't deserve this. I was like, fucking clean your act up. And he's going on about, you know, she trapped me. Meh, 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 meh. Anyways, we get plastered. He tries to come home with me and have sex. Doesn't work. Three days later, it fucking works. By this time, this man has made me question my intuition so much. Manipulated me. Gaslighted me that by the end of this situation I felt like this this is it this is all there is this is normal not only did I think it was normal by then but I felt like this is all I was worth because you have to remember it almost felt like I was imprisoned in his jail because he'd given me two STIs one of which I can never fucking get rid of so that I was also carrying the stigma of feeling dirty for that even though this fucking prick had given it to me and I felt like who would ever want me so that kind of kept me there too but by the end I was so fucked up mentally that this guy had twisted my twisted my reality to the extent of I didn't even know right from wrong I didn't you know I had had such low self-esteem self self-worth in myself that I literally remember thinking this is it this is it this is all I'm going to get in life you're fat you know you're 200 kilos you may have lost that weight Whitney but you're still that bitch, you're still that fat bitch that used to sit in the McDonald's drive-thru and smash three Big Macs and then burst her, burst her eyes out crying because you felt like you had no fucking control over your life, you're still that bitch Whitney and these things used to run through my mind and looking back it's such a fucked up place and how so I don't know like I don't know if it's just me or I'm pretty sure that things like this, you know, just when you stop a man or even any, you know, woman can have this ability, you know, a lot of plenty of female narcissists out there that have the ability to manipulate you where you don't even know who the fuck you are as a person. So I decided to put this list together for you bitches. Five ways to know that you are probably a side bitch speaking from real life fucking experience. One thing with this, and then looking back with Aslan, my fucking ex-Uber driver, hello Whitney, attracting the same kind of trash. They both, number one, five ways to tell that you're probably a fucking side bitch. Number one, he puts his phone on fucking airplane mode all the time. 
Your phone only goes on airplane mode when you got shit to hide, motherfucker. Both of these motherfuckers used to have their phone on airplane mode constantly or have it turned off so that people... And then both of them used to say excuses like, I don't want to be contacted, you know, when I'm with you, or you know, I don't want my work to call me. Looking back... <laughs> That's the number one side. If they're cautious of you seeing their phone, not that I was never, I'm never that, I'm never that bitch that's looking for a man's phone. Even after both these traumatic experiences, I'm just like, if I feel a need to go through a man's phone, I'm fucked. Like, there's an issue wrong. So, fuck these two assholes. They've never given, they've never made me lose my, um, my integrity and my belief in fucking humanity so fuck you you didn't win on that motherfucker now that's my first tip for you if this motherfucker's got his phone on airplane mode or he's turning it over all the time or his phone's off when you're going to sleep news flash bitch you probably a side bitch number two he don't have social media he or he at least claims he don't have no Facebook account, Instagram account, because it's easy to be fucking found out now, bitches, on social media. The easiest way to be a fucking pimp out on these streets and be having fucking side bitches everywhere is to not be able to get caught. What is the easiest way to get caught? On fucking social media. So if this asshole is out here claiming that, ah, I don't fuck with that shit, I don't fuck with social media, newsflash, bitch, you probably a side bitch. Number three, if he's still living with his baby mama or his ex-wife, but they ain't together, run, bitch. You need to run for the fucking hills because there is something shady going on there. Even if you're not a fucking side bitch, there is some foul shit going on. Don't be like me and want to believe the good in people or just be so dumb that you don't see the fucking wood through the trees. If he living with his ex or his baby mama, but they staying, but they live together because they can't afford it. Fuck that. Be out. You probably a fucking side bitch. Number four. If he thinks the world owes him shit. If he has like this ear of arrogance about him. And, you know, for me, I'm attracted to that bad boy. Like, I'm I'm attracted to that arrogant prick. That's kind of what turns me on. But that whole mentality of the world owes me shit. Like, for Rocco, it was, I had kids young. She trapped me. I'm a fucking pl- I used to be a fucking player until I got locked down with the family. With old Ubs, the Uber driver the world owes me shit I grew up hard ain't no one I have to work my ass off to stay in Australia remember he was Pakistani if they've got this air of arrogance about them they think the world owes them shit they got a fucking chip on their shoulder and it also means that they're fucking secretive people that have a chip on their shoulder got shit to hide and they constantly deflect blame of they don't take any consequences for their own actions that is bling 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 alert 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 you probably a side bitch or he got a lot of shit to hide so be warned bitches that bad boy image (laughs) it's not that attractive anymore because they've got shit to hide number five you mainly see his ass only during the week 
You know why I say that? Because guess where he is in the weekend? With his fucking family, boo. He out there with his fucking wife and kids in the weekend. If you're only seeing his fucking ass on, you know, Wednesday 9pm and then he out for work on Thursday morning, you're a fucking side bitch 90% of the time. Because, you know, as what does Eddie Murphy say? Because he's taking care of his real family. If you need to go look at his skit on Dr. Dre 2001, you know what I'm fucking referring to with that line. Because trying to keep... No, I'm not going to repeat that because that means I need to say the N-word. And I'm not going to say that because I'm politically correct in 2019. So yes, number five. If you're only seeing this prick during the week, my guesses are he's with his family, aka his wife, in the weekend. And you're probably a side bitch. So to round it off, my truth bombs from this one. As I said before, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, something's in my throat. I really did think at the time that it was all I was worth, all I could get, as fucked up as that sounds, as bullshit, assertive, as people think I am now, I was totally not like that when I was 25, 26, 27 years old. But my biggest takeaway from this, and a lesson that I have carried on since then, is that no matter how strong you are, like for an example, I thought I would have, I used to remember being proud of the fact that I would never fucking end up in a situation like that, like that bitch, bitches that end up side bitches or getting fucked over by a guy to that extent are weak, I used to have this thing with weakness, like they're weak, like how can you not see that shit fucking coming, how can you let yourself be manipulated like that by someone that's not even worth your time. But at the end of the day, my biggest lesson that I learned from that is does not fucking matter how strong you are. It does not matter how many boss ass bitch hashtags you put on your fucking Instagram stories. When you're in the constant proximity of someone that is not fucking good for your soul, who's fucking toxic as shit, you will lose. Period. It does not matter how fucking strong you are. Let me repeat that again. It does not matter how strong you are. It does not matter how much self-confidence you have. Proximity is fucking power. And who you consistently choose to spend your fucking time with is who is going to give you the deliverables at the end of the fucking day. If you don't want to turn, if you don't want to have low confidence, if you want to remain assertive, boss ass bitch, whatever, you need to be around someone that fucking uplifts you. I'm telling you, my biggest takeaway from that experience was that you will lose, period, if you continue to surround yourself with someone that is so fucking toxic. And then I guess probably the third one would be, you know, any time you have that gut instinct that something is off, something isn't right. You're right, something's off. Something is fucking off. And you just got to follow your gut instinct. I mean, I know people do that in general, but particularly us females, we are so fucking bad. We don't follow our gut instinct at all. At all. So I think that's my truth bombs for it, but... There you go. There you have it. My story of how I became a, and stayed a side bitch for way too fucking long. 
episode three is coming up and what I'm going to go into on episode three is actually nothing relationship but it's actually going to be some life hacks for you guys how I made a fucking 100k using zero cents zero cents of my own I'm not fucking kidding you one strength that I have is I'm naturally think like a con artist so I used the bank's money to make me a hundred grand and I put zero fucking dollars in of my own so that's coming up on the next episode of what the fud podcast peace out homies